1: we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. One more segment. It's going to be a lot about Drew Brees because we got to talk to Drew Brees at the Zurich Classic this week. And uh, here's a quick, here's a quick preview of uh, of one of the things he said.
2: I watched that Tampa game and I about threw something through the TV. I was so pissed off at the end of that game. Fiery One group.
0: of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's one thing. I even uh, pointed out to my wife when listening to the audio. Honestly, when he's even speaking, he says we. Us, he's very much still a New Orleans Saint.
1: Well, so does Deuce. Like, like Deuce and Streif would do that too. I do. I, you know, I didn't follow him closely enough as a broadcaster to see to see whether he did that during like his Saints stuff when he was working for Fox. I imagine they tried to coach that out of him. I would think uh, so too, right? But yeah, he, he's very much still. You know, he talks about you know being getting to watch the Saints as a fan, and he's very happy about that experience. You know, One of the things that he also said was that he is not interested in coaching. And we've talked about this on this podcast. We've had him talk about it on WWL. But he did open up a sliver of a door. And uh, here, here's what he had to say on that.
2: I, I love coaching. I love coaching. But, again, that's just a time commitment thing with where my kids are, right? I can't have my weekends taken up in the fall when that's when my kids are playing sports. That's when I have a chance to be around them. Look, I loved being a fan last year. I got to come to some Saints games, right? I got to go to some you know some purdue games i had a chance to go to high school football games on friday nights you know and coach my kids like that's that's what i live for right now like that's those that's my favorite thing in life so i'm gonna soak that that up and then we'll see i'm not ruling anything out for the future but the the coaching lifestyle doesn't quite make sense for the family life right now
0: you gotta if you want drew as a coach you gotta offer him like a twenty forty contract (laughs) drew is basically saying I'm not going to coach
1: until my kids are out of the roost. At which point, it's like, how often do you see a guy be out of the league for 15 years and then and then go coach? <laughs> right. It like, never happens.
0: Right. He's like, I did my whole family commitment. They're all moved on and gotten married and have kiddos. Now, now I'm going to start my coaching career as I'm yeah, 60 I mean, years
1: old. It's possible that maybe he comes and, be, and is like a quarterback's coach. You know, you see a lot of old dudes as sure, a consultant. quarterback's coach. Yeah, and it's like some of the tenets of quarterbacking don't change, but like ten years is a lifetime in the NFL. Things change so fast, offenses change so fast. It, it's very likely that he comes back and he's out of touch with what's happening, and you're and you'd be starting your coaching career at that point, not like restarting, not like you just took a break and went broadcasting. It's like yeah, you're you were never a coach, and so I don't think it's I think it's unlikely we ever see Drew Brees the coach.
0: Yeah, I would think more as kind of uh, definitely head coach, but yeah, an an assistant quarterback coach, consultant kind of thing. Uh, I would I would have no problem bringing him in, whatever it is down the line to mentor any of my quarterbacks. Obviously,
1: yeah, but what he does know is this team right now, and so I'm always interested to hear. He's a very optimistic guy when it comes to the Saints. He was optimistic when he was a broadcaster. And you know, he was the only guy that picked the Saints to beat the Bucks two years ago when they won 9 0 with Taysom Hill. Yeah. So, so he's a, he's a very rosy outlook kind of guy when it comes to the Saints. Is not he's never going to tell you they're going to be bad, but I think he does bring up a few good points here. Um, as it relates to like last season, and that first clip was from him talking about that. And it's like, that's the type of game that you should have won, right? And if you win that game, all of a sudden you're in the playoffs, and things change so fast. And it's really interesting to hear so many people be down on this team as a, as a playoff contender because I'm not sure that's, that's reasonable when you look at the pieces they have and the people that, the teams they're competing with. And here's what he had to say, you know, basically on that subject.
2: I think we would all recognize that, look, I, I watched that Tampa game and I about threw something through the TV. I was so pissed off at the end of that game. Like, we, we should win that game. We had three opportunities to win that game, right? And if you win that game, we win the division. And we were hosting a first-round playoff game. And who knows what happens, you know? And then we're having a totally different conversation, right? But one, literally one game, one moment, one play can determine so much uh, of your season, especially when you're kind of right on the fringe of you know being uh, winning a division or being a wild card or what have you. So we're there. I mean, we're 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 that close. We just need to catch some breaks. Need to win win some games that we're supposed to win. Maybe win a few that we're not supposed to win have some plays that just become defining moments for the season.
0: Defining moments for the season. We sure needed that last year. Yeah, I think it's a
1: good point because you look at what was the defining moment for last season. Every single one was a loss.
0: I would say the defining moment for me, the Marshawn Lattimore coming back with the pick six in Philly. No, because that didn't that, define your season. No, unfortunately, right. Um,
1: but I, I mean, mean, it could have. It could have <laughs> had you won that Bucks game. Then all of a sudden, that that is a defining moment. It is, a, it is something you look back on in the highlight reel of the season. But it, because you lost that Bucks game, it's just a footnote. Yeah, a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas. Obviously, last year. Yeah, like like the defining moment. If you had to pick one, probably Mark Ingram going out of bounds. Ugh, that's like the flashbulb moment of that season, where it's just like pick one play from that season that 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 is just a microcosm of the 2022 NFL season for the Saints and it's marking him running out of bounds 1 yard short of the first down with no
0: one there to tackle him. I'll, I'll put in a double doing two just because of what happened. That's yeah, fit, fit, very figured out, you know, very fitting for the season. Yes,
1: yeah, that that's another one. Either, either and they both say the same thing. It right, right yeah. there as close <laughs> as you can get, didn't get it done. Right? Like like you could see it, you could you could taste it. It was that close but didn't get it done. And so when those are the defining moments of your season, it probably wasn't your year. But the thing is, either yeah. of those moments go differently. And all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. All of a sudden you're winning the NFC South. So it really is that that narrow of a margin.
0: That Ingram so, still hurts, man. You bring that up and I was like, man, I, I felt the pain still on it. <laughs> yeah, that game was tough. Oh. Um, and I also wanted
1: to throw something. I didn't, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I think I think he you know I think drew is usually he, he's not a, always a reliable narrator of the op, of the team's outlook, right like he is very much a homer and as he should be, right He has no reason not to be. but I do think he brings up good points there of like why wouldn't this team feel like it can be a playoff contender when it was literally a play away? And I and I try I'm trying to I'm trying to cut down my use of the word literally because a lot of times I say it and it's not it doesn't it's not it's not what the word means but in this case it's true it's true like you you were that close um so we'll see um I I'm I'm this is usually the time of year where I talk myself into being too high on the wind
0: total projections yeah <laughs> and Drew is not helping Uh, No, and I I was surprised. You talk about the win total projections. When Vegas came out, we've mentioned this uh, uh, before on the podcast, nine and a half, the opening line for the Saints, I think really optimistic. I was surprised to see that from a team that went seven and 10 a year ago. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, you know, so I I do think that like
1: Saints fans are going to continue to be on this. Everyone hates us. Everyone's against us train. I think as the season gets closer and closer, It's gonna. It's actually gonna go the opposite direction. I think they're gonna end up being the kind of you know sleeper pick, right? I think they're gonna end up. Everyone's gonna be putting out these lists of like sleeper teams for the twenty twenty three season, and I think the Saints are gonna end up on there.
0: I I just saw recently too. Good morning, football again, giving a shout out to the Saints and Mickey, giving Mickey Loomis love ahead of the draft for what they've done. You know, with limited resources and how they've been able to build a contender, a constant contender. Ah, uh, no matter what folks say, and it's ah, uh, it's it's good to see that. It's kind of funny sometimes. You're like, wow, they're actually talking about the Saints in a positive light.
1: And the NFL like media landscape is such groupthink, right? <laughs> like it's always like, oh, they're saying this, so maybe that's what I should agree with, right? Yeah, and, yeah, right. And then when when that starts to happen, you have like the one talking head whose job is to be the contrarian, and and Skip then they Taylor. say something stupid, like, <laughs> like Pac-Man Jones, and then everyone pounces on it. And you know, there you go. That was some news we
0: didn't get to, which was, oh,
1: yeah, I don't, I'm not, I have no interest in fact checking Pac Man Jones because it would be a full time job, it would be a full time job.
0: So blatantly wrong. It was like, where, where did that come from? Maybe, maybe back, you know, when they were struggling in those seven and nine years, back when when he was playing, (laughs) I think that's
1: where it came from. Like, genuinely, we don't have to get into this too much, but I think like his last memory in the NFL before, before he just ceased to matter. Was the Saints defense being awful? And he has not watched the Saints game since. When he went on, he went on, I think he went on TikTok, I don't know what it was. He went and he did that talking head video in front of the stats. He was literally listing, he was like, Oh, you want proof? And he went through and he like named the scores of the game. Scores of the game. That's it. And half the time it was backwards because it was like the Saints were home versus the Saints were on the road versus the Saints won. I don't know. And he was, he read just one column of scores as if they were all the Saints what they allowed as if it was like the saints opponents were always on the left and the Saints' score was always on the right. But obviously that's not the case because when you win a game, your score is first. If you're getting your news from pac man Jones, you got bigger problems. That's all I'm saying. Well, I I hope he's not paying for a check mark and being is verified. (laughs) Oh God. All right. One more, one more thing, one more clip from drew. And you know, I thought this question was, was interesting because he's basically asked people see a lot of parallels between Drew Brees and Derek Carr, you know, for, ob- for obvious reasons, both arrived at the saints as a free agent, both kind of got quit on by their former teams. You know, both are trying to trying to find something here. Right. But there, th- those kind of end pretty quickly, like beyond, yeah. beyond being a free agent, there, there are a lot of differences between Derek Carr arriving and how he's arriving and how Drew Brees arrived. And, and this is what he had to say when he was asked about it.
2: He's much more of a seasoned veteran than I was when I when I came here. And obviously, I was coming off the injury, and there was a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainties. I think for him, first off, I think leaving the situation that we, he was in and getting a fresh start was going to be a good thing anyway. But he's stepping into a situation where um, it's a great organization, it's an organization that will do whatever it takes to win and build the pieces around it. Right, that's been proven. Um, he has weapons uh, at the receiver position, at the uh, running back position. He's got uh, a, a great defense, still a top-tier defense, um, and a defensive, you know, defensive-minded head coach, but with an offensive coordinator that's been in this system now for almost 20 years right so it just has all these things going for him and I think he's at that point in his career too where it's that it's that balance of enough experience and still playing at a high le- having all your physical capabilities you know where he's he's like I, I call it prolonging your prime at the end of my career right it's how do you how do you maintain the physical abilities while still having all of this experience and all of this um, kind of mental acuity so he's at that point where he's got it all And now here's the opportunity to really go and showcase it.
1: It's a good point. Like how big is that window where you are still in your prime from a physical perspective, but you've, you've obtained all of the institutional knowledge that you can only get by playing. There's no longer any question of like, okay, how does the NFL operate? How, how do I, how do I get from point A to point B? It's the question of how well can you do it in that range? And you know, I think that's it's a good point, because when you had those seven and nine seasons with Drew, I think it was fair to surmise that he was done. He was cooked. He didn't have it left. He didn't have enough. Like he had gone past the point where you could prolong your prime. But then he came back and he had three seasons where you had probably I think he had the best record in the NFL, maybe maybe slightly behind the Chiefs either way. You know, and I think that's a good point of like he's kind of seeing Derek Carr in that in that lens now of, you know, they think you're done, but you're not done and how can you keep it going? And he also, you know, we don't have to play the entire clip, but he also says, I think they're going to be well positioned to make a run at it. And he does point to the fact that Derek operated very well inside of John Gruden's scheme, which is very similar to what Pete Carmichael and the saints run. And if you need a reason to fall in love with Derek Carr and his potential in the saints offense, go back to that game in 2020, the first ever game in Allegiant stadium, which I was talking to my cab driver about, but he wasn't there because no one was there. It was an empty stadium, but the way he played in that game it was a mirror image of what the Saints wanted to do to the Raiders, and he did it better than the Saints did it to them. And that was Drew Brees, and that was the Saints' offense. So I, I think like there's a reason that that the Saints and Dennis Allen and, and this organization wanted to bring him in, and I think Drew sees that reason.
0: Yeah, and Drew also I thought it was great, too, bring up the, the relationship with offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael Jr. And, you, yeah, you brought it up there, too, of how the offense is very similar to what Gruden was doing with the Raiders, when Derek Carr was having success over there, so there's that, you know, part of it to be excited about too as a Saints fan because, you know, last year is not indicative of who Derek Carr was. It was a complete cluster, you know what, over there for them, and it, it was clear he didn't get along with the coaching staff, whatever. After all those years, now they've parted ways. It's time to move on. In that aspect, yeah, you kind of feel a little toss to the side, like I guess Drew Brees did with San Diego. A totally different scenario, though. There's no potential career-ending injury for Derek Carr. Conversely, yeah, we've we've just talked about how he's been so healthy and, and not a banged-up quarterback in his career, and availability has been one of his biggest strengths. Hopefully that's something, obviously, now that continues for us. Although, you know, you can say you've got a backup in Jameis Winston – a pretty capable backup. I, I mean, when you look at the teams, this team has done a fantastic job of providing whoever has been that quarterback with someone pretty decently reliable or serviceable that could come in, in that situation, considering the worst case scenario happened where your starter goes down, I think.
1: Well, I mean, they've, they've had to use their backup and each it's of the crazy, last, like, right? five seasons. I think dating back to 2019, they've, like a backup person who didn't start the first game of the season has started half of their games. So yeah, no, I agree with that. But I I think, I think if you distilled all the things that drew Brees said at the Zurich classic and, and keep in mind, he's talking as a fan. Now he's not talking as a coach. He is not talking as the, as a player on the team. He is talking as a fan. And I think, you know, if you distill it all down, it's really he's saying like saints fans should be excited about this team. Like there's a reason to be excited about this team. And, and I, and, it's not just that okay they should be able to win a bad NFC South. It's that you 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 have and you have a, a vision for what this team should be, and you've seen it bits and pieces over the last several years when they look good and you can you kind of get the idea of what it can be. But now it's like okay, you have a good defense, right? You still have you have aging but still quality veteran players on defense. You have some young playmakers. You have the star running back who hopefully is going to be there for a majority of the season. Right, you have Michael Thomas, who hopefully can stay healthy for a majority of the season.
0: Oh, oh real quick, that was something that Drew mentioned. He said the, you know, uh, health. Hopefully, a healthy Michael Thomas. He deserves that. Do you, do you? Was it that Derek Carr deserves that, or does Mike deserve that? I, I, I couldn't like really read into it. I think he's saying Mike deserves that. Okay. Because Drew Drew knows firsthand just how hard Mike works. Like that's oh yeah, for sure.
1: That's the thing that I think a lot of people lose track of when it comes to Michael Thomas is he hasn't been on the field, but he's never stopped working. And I think that makes it even more frustrating for for a guy who does is doing all the work and still can't get on the field. And so I think that's what he was referring to. But but yeah, and and just so you have that, you have those pieces, and if it can all come together, you have that quarterback now. There are no questions about who the quarterback's going to be, even at his best day, Jameis Winston. It felt like he was just. Constantly looking over his shoulder for who the guy was going to be coming in behind him, right? You had to, he had to beat out Taysom Hill for the job in 2021. Last year, you know, whether they want to admit it or not, it sure did feel like they brought in Andy Dalton to compete with him, even if it didn't end up looking that way at the beginning of the season. It very much was clear by the end of the season that he had won that job, and now you don't have to worry about that. You're, you're, he's the guy, and you're going with it. And I think he fits this system, and you're hopeful that he can find, you know, catch some lightning in a bottle and turn this into a, turn this into a special season. And I don't know if you ever really felt that way um, over the last two years.
0: No, I think with Andy, you know, we, we talked about this before too with that opening press conference with the Saints. He was like, I am here to be number two and back up Jameis. And yeah, then except suddenly...
1: everything that happened after that point did not, in, did not. <laughs> no, right.
0: And then suddenly he was like, wait a minute, you, you guys really, you want me to start now? Huh? Yeah. 14 <laughs> games. He started 14 games. Isn't that crazy? Definitely. I mean, you consider, too, when you really look at it, to me at least, for the value of the dollar you spend and the production you got out of Andy Dalton, that's a heck of a deal. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go back.
1: So Andy Dalton started 14 games. (laughs) The last time any individual Saints quarterback started more than that was 2018. That was Drew. He started 15. Like Andy Dalton has the most single season starts by any quarterback over the last was that five years? So 2019, 20, 21, 22. So four seasons. He has the most single season starts. Andy freaking Dalton. Would have never gussed it. No, not in a million years. No. Wow. And so if you it's like if you can just get through a season with the same quarterback the whole way, it would feel like this massive win. And and I think that's kind of what like if I'm excited about something, it's that you just have you get to watch this unfold, right? You get to see it. And I was excited about Jameis Winston. You never never got to see it, right? No. And that's what if you're a Saints fan and you're trying to find a reason to get excited about the season, that's it. You get to watch this movie, right? Maybe it's a bad movie, but
0: you don't know that until the end. Well, uh, honestly, you know what? You you, you know, but you start looking at the 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 other teams in the NFC and really you you know, try to start picturing a playoff picture and all. Obviously, we know the NFC South, the Saints should be favored there with the other quarterback situations and and the way the team's rosters are set up. But even throughout the rest of the NFC, it's a pretty weak conference. There's a lot of question marks. The NFC really is wide open. There's nothing sold because guess what? The Niners don't have their trigger man even unless they happen – by miracle of miracles to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers which has been one of the rumors but I think that's a ridiculous smoke screen to try and get the jets to cave on whatever yeah every
1: every year you expect the good teams to take a step forward and the bad teams to kind of be bad again but that's rarely what happens like it's usually the good teams take a step back unless you have Pat Mahomes or Josh <laughs> Allen right
0: um Jalen Hurts who knows like it, i it's, it's amazing how yeah Mahomes quarterback contract hasn't crippled the organization at all
1: yeah, when you have Pat Mahomes, you, you you can win. Just put put anyone around him, you can win, right? Like that's, that's the thing that I find hilarious is, uh, oh, he wouldn't win without Andy Reid. <laughs> okay. Oh sure. no, no, that's I got I got a
0: ten point deficit <laughs> with a bad ankle, and I'm still yeah, yeah. gonna
1: win the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're gonna give that to Andy Reid. Is guy playing through a high ankle sprain for three games and dominating anyway. That's it. Either way, like I just think, uh, like I I'm excited to watch Derek Carr. I don't, and and I think if you're being reasonable with yourself, you should be too. But you know, I think there's always reason to complain. There's always reason to be pessimistic,
0: and that's kind of half of being a sports fan. But I like the other half, personally. So to me, it was pretty clear you're not going to be in that top running for a QB in this year's class. Uh, even if you do select someone later on, now they're not going to be ready for week one. Unless you, I mean, you don't want to throw a rookie out there week one. And I mean, Carr is was one of those options that was on the board. That was your. Your best available dude to move forward with. And it's not someone that's, I, I would say he's above average uh, quarterback. He's not going to be in your elite category. I'm not trying to say that, but with the weapons around him, and finally, hopefully, the fact he's got a top tier defense can make him and, you know, those around him more of a winner. Uh, I'm, I'm excited too. I just, um, for anything football at this point, but yeah, I'm not going into this season with my my head hung going, Oh man, Jeff! I don't know how we're going to cover this four-win team kind of deal. I, I still believe that we have a winning product out there, and I think that's a that's a huge credit, obviously, to the organization too. Because um, obviously, two straight years you're out with no Drew Brees, but they're they're trying to do something, not just you know w- waiting for something to happen. It's it feels like the team's definitely aggressive. I agree with that. But um, all right, let's wrap that
1: up. That'll do it for this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Hope you got something out of this. It was a little rambling and meandering, but that's what happens when I go out of town for a week uh, and, and come back to record a podcast about, about a team that I'm guessing about.
0: They're all caught <laughs> up on blue check mark stuff too. This
1: is true. We got a lot in on the on the blue checks. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated. But all right, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. If you haven't left a rating and a review, please do that. Check out the episode Monday. It's going to be kind of a special episode. I'm going to grade each of the last 10 first round picks and explain why and kind of lead that into the draft coming up on Thursday. It starts the first round on Thursday. We're going to have an episode that post Wednesday morning, and then we are hopefully ideally going to have a post first round kind of live chat to go through it. I'll also be showing up on our Odyssey Sports draft show with Brian Baldinger and Jason Locken for us. So check that out. That's going to be live on Thursday. You can check that out on the Odyssey app or the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. It'll be a lot of fun, um, and then uh, yeah, from there, just keep up with us at Jeff underscore Nowak on Twitter at Steve Geller WWL. I don't have a check mark anymore, so you're gonna have to just play it on faith that you're looking at the right one,
0: the real Jeff Nowak.
1: Yes. The nice thing is I can change my Twitter name now if I want to. I just I don't have well, to sacrifice the right? check mark anymore.
0: That is a great point.
1: That was one of the main reasons my name has been the same for so long, even though I hate the underscore, but I, I couldn't change it without losing my check mark. So. Now, uh, now you can just be Steve Geller. Well, yeah. assuming that's available.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like there's a, there might be already someone cloning me. Who knows?
1: Sarah Michelle's uncle. That's your new Twitter handle.
0: Oh, but she's AR. Doesn't matter. I'll take her money.
1: <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace.